Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible, and skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin, and I have added Ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted clinical studies, so we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several Ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic, And Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43 and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you Ritual for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off. Welcome to Pantsuit Politics, where a woman from the right and a woman from the left accessorize the news with a fresh perspective. Hi, this is Sarah Stewart Holland. Welcome to Pantsuit Politics. And this is Beth Silvers, and we're with you for a special edition of Pantsuit Politics to talk about the reaction to Kentucky's stunning election night on Tuesday. I was not going to make it until we record on Tuesday. I just wasn't going to make it. I have too much. I have too much. Too many of the things to say. Well, get started for us, Sarah. I know that you've been holding this in. I, well, I think what's bothering me about this election, and really this bothers me about election analysis generally, is I feel like everyone wants to make it bigger than it is. It's about you know, these huge cultural changes and massive societal shifts. Or Jack Conway ran a bad campaign, and that's what happened. I don't know. I just feel like people are making this the end of the world or some massive change in Kentucky politics. And I refuse to believe that anything is a massive shift in Kentucky culture when only, like, three people voted. Well, it's... I think it's significant to have a Republican governor in Kentucky because that doesn't happen often. Mm -hmm. So it's significant. But, yeah, it's not end of days. If you read Twitter or Facebook Tuesday night after the election was called, you would literally think that that the state was going to 
I don't know, crumble or beneath succeed us. or all manner of things. Which I get that Matt Bevan is a Tea Party Republican. Not my flavor of Republican, right? But he is not so extreme that we're all going to die. I, I just, <laughs> I was shocked at sort of this outpouring about it. Well, and I really think, I think the um, anger and the insulting, I mean, obviously, I think it goes without saying that neither of us subscribe to the let's insult the opponent right. <laughs> strategy. It's kind of uh, our whole deal It's here sort of the premise politics. of this podcast. Um, and I, I just think that Matt Bevan appealed to something, and you can talk about that in a reasonable way without insulting people who voted for him. I don't think that anyone... First of all, I feel like with voter turnout as low as it was, anybody who actually got out and voted gets some credit. I don't care who they voted for. Congratulations on fulfilling your civic duty. And so for people who maybe aren't as plugged into Kentucky politics, you know, we had about 30% turnout... Which is, I guess, not horrible, but it's certainly not like a shining moment Mm -hmm. in our state's history when we have so many significant issues going on. Um, It's disappointing that we had such low turnout. I get that there's not a jazzy presidential election going on, but it's your governor. Yeah, it really is. Well, okay, so let's talk about the candidates and what we think they did right and what we think they did wrong. Um, I'll start with my guy first. <laughs> I was as kind as possible in our premiere um, podcast because I was hopeful that I would was talking about the future governor of Kentucky, and I didn't want to be disrespectful. But I, I'm not a huge um, Jack Conway fan. I think that he is would be a good governor, but I just think he is not a great politician. He's just not good his the way he portrays himself and the way he comes off is just not great and i'm not sure it ever has been um i really wish sandy overly had been the (laughs) governor candidate because she's a rock star and i've met her and she's fantastic and super super smart but so i think that not only was he not the greatest candidate but i think the campaign ran from real successes um with Bashir's particularly handling of ky connect and Obama, quote unquote Obamacare. You know our insure our uninsured rate is down forty percent. Claim that. Don't run from it. Explain. You know calmly. This guy could possibly take away the medical coverage you just got. And I don't really don't know why they did that. I think the idea that we have to run so far from Obama is misplaced. It's really weird to me that Democrats do this. Uh, I, I guess Republicans do too, but. But I think to a much lesser extent than Democrats have distanced themselves from President Obama. And, and I don't understand it either. I, I disagree with, a, with President Obama's approach to health care. I, I don't think any of this works long term. I don't think it's sustainable. However, this is like a signature moment for the Democratic Party. If you're a Democrat, don't yeah. you think this is the way to do this? I just don't. I think that, honestly, I think it is leftover from how... I don't think that so much of campaign handling has really come into the Obama, you know, era. I think that it's this leftover ideology of you run from your opponent, you don't say their name. I mean, yeah, when you only had the chance to reach out to people via, like, newspaper articles and expensive television commercials, then you know what? 
maybe that was the way to do it. But this is not this is this is not the culture we live in anymore. This is not the media environment we live in anymore. Create a viral moment and don't do it by running from your president. Like I just feel like there's plenty of ways to explain to people. You have the, you know so, these huge social media platforms and lots of opportunities to explain what you mean beyond the traditional media. So use that to your advantage and stop acting like we live in 1985 where if you can't get the you know the kid blowing the daisy in the field, you know, I don't know. I just I feel like that's what it is. I feel like it's this kind of leftover concept of framing that doesn't really need to exist in this media environment anymore and I don't know why they do it. I mean, I wouldn't do it. I voted for President Obama twice, so write it down. It's on the internet. There you go. Well, I'll tell you, I think that Kentucky's gubernatorial race is really fascinating because in a lot of ways, it's this microcosm of the presidential race. Mm -hmm. Here you have Jack Conway, who in Kentucky and for his relative youth is a career politician. Yeah. This is how Kentuckians see him. And he played it that way throughout his entire campaign. He looked like the same old. Mm -hmm. And he's up against tough-talking businessman who, by contrast, in the debate setting at least, makes him look like not a grown-up. It's really kind of interesting to watch this play out at the state level when we're seeing the same thing foreshadowed for the 2016 race. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I mean, I think that Hillary Clinton will not be making the mistakes Jake Conway did because I think she's made them before and she learned her lesson. <laughs> so I don't think she'll, I mean, if for no other reason than she has all these Obama people that understand data and new media and how to run a campaign in 2015, I, she's not going to make those mistakes. I also have been around Jack Conway and Hillary Clinton and Hillary Clinton is a whole lot nicer and more personable. <laughs> and I think she's getting better at coming off that way. But I mean, I think that Matt Bevan appeals to the same thing that Donald Trump and Ben Carson do. Absolutely. This idea of outsider, I'm not the status quo, the system is broken, you know, all these kind of mindsets. Well, I don't, as we have discussed, I don't get Ben Carson, and I don't want to get diverted on my I don't get Ben Carson speech, but... But the Donald Trump-Matt Bevan parallel, I see. Because Matt Bevan, whether you agree with him or not, comes across as extremely confident. Mm -hmm. Um, He doesn't seem to question anything he's saying. He doesn't seem to question his own experience at all. He is just like tough talking. I've done it in the private sector. I'm going to come in and do it in the public sector and get out of my way, bulldozer. And I have to say, that is the part about him that scares me the most because I mean the idea that he has never governed a day in his life and he's just gonna roll into the governor's mansion and know what to do is a little I mean it's a little scary right I don't know if it's scary or if it's exciting I can't decide this for myself I feel better about it in the governor's mansion than I feel about the White House so I'll, I'll put that out there what I think, so so going back to just kind of what we think went right for each candidate, what I will say about Matt Bevan is I liked the whole Republican ballot. I was more excited about the down ballot than the, than the yeah. governor's race. I mean, let's talk about the fact that we have a state treasurer now who is a 34-year-old woman, Allison yeah. Ball. I think that's exciting. I think Ryan Quarles is going to be a fantastic ag commissioner. 
I don't know much about Mike Harmon. Boy, that's a significant race, though. And I think it's significant in ways that people who don't closely watch politics might not realize. Because he defeated Adam Edelin, who I think everyone thought would be a a very serious challenger to Rand Paul. Yeah. I mean, he is, and he is so great in person and really a great... I mean, I thought his concession speech was so classy. He He was basically like... This is not the end of the world. People lose their jobs. People get cancer. Everybody calm down. (laughs) That's right. Which I thought was really classy. Mike Harmon's speech, on the the other hand, sort of sounded like a sermon to me and made me really uncomfortable. Um, There was a lot. There was a lot of... It it really did. It sounded like a sermon. It was was a little weird. But... um, Boy, talking about sermons, though, did you see Greg Stumbo? Yeah. I don't... I don't know what... Where he was going with that at all. I don't think he knew either. And and I think if you haven't seen this, you have to Google it because it's it's the most remarkable six minutes of Greg Stumbo uh, talking about just the Democratic Party coming back from this really disastrous night for them. Again, to Sarah's point, it seemed disastrous in the moment. And then the next day, we're all, we're all still here. Yeah. But, but it is this rambling, bizarre... Um, laden with religious references um, montage. It's it's really, really strange. And the two people standing behind him could not have looked more uncomfortable. <laughs> That's true. Well, and I just thought that when I hear this, when I hear anybody go off on this Christian, you know, Democrats need to come back to Christianity, I don't think they left it. I don't think one goes with the other necessarily. I, it's just so bizarre to me, and it feels like I've like walked into a 1995 episode of The West Wing. Like, we get it. Everybody thinks that it, this there's a stereotype of Democrats. Hopefully, any intelligent person knows that there's really no foundation there. Why are we still talking about this? Like, I don't get why that's still, you know, oh, well, our problem is, I mean, I don't think Jack Conway lost because he didn't claim Christianity enough. Like, I just don't he, think that's the reason that why are we unequivocally did not. I mean, it's come on. so bizarre. It's so insulting. Yeah. Whichever party is doing it, stop. Yeah. You know, <laughs> just stop. Yeah. Let's stop doing that. I agree. Beth and I have decided y'all don't that's do right. that anymore. Message to you, Ted Cruz. We're looking at you. Don't do that. <laughs> don't stop. do that. Please don't do that. It's so, it's true. It is insulting. And I just, I think the polarizing, you know, obviously, again, goes without saying, you and I don't support support this, but on Facebook, just the polarizing, Republicans are idiots, and Christian, Democrats are bad Christians, is so unnecessary. It gets us nowhere. And, you know, I saw somebody on um, Facebook, I mean, just so angry people who voted for Matt Bevin are idiots and you deserve everything that happens and I just kind of wanted to be like I just was wondering what your the purpose of this of this post was I mean not to get into the politics of Facebook but well like I'm gonna read that as a yeah exactly and go you know say oh yeah he is right y'all 
I'm, I suddenly feel very different about every I, issue. I do. It just doesn't do any good. But here's something that I do want to say. I think this is a moment, and I know that this is like not exciting for anyone, but for us to reflect on process. Mm-hmm. It is a scary proposition to think that suddenly the people who took advantage of the Medicaid expansion in Kentucky could lose that care mm-hmm. just rapidly. But here's the deal, you guys. What is done by executive order can be undone, undone. by executive Absolutely. order. Absolutely. And we've got to stop conducting our business this way because it leads to unbelievable instability. Mm-hmm. That's on everybody. And not on you know? a so, national level, too. That's right. And so all the people lamenting this need to stop for a second and say, well, when I cheer these executive orders and I say, you know, forget about Congress, they're so annoying and so slow and they don't do anything right. So we're just going to dictate these things. Understand that the the public mm -hmm. is going to react to that and it's going to change. Yep. And then the other side can do it too. That's right. And probably will because you stack all these things up without doing the work of building consensus the public will rebel mm-hmm. every time. Or at least the six of them who voted. <laughs> that's right. All and that's the thing. Six the, of them. the people who vote in these elections where there isn't a, a really exciting presidential candidate on the ballot are people who pay some attention, I think, to process. Hmm. I think so. I, I don't know. I don't know about that. I think that the people who um, vote are just regular voters and i don't know if if regular voters are necessarily you know consumed with process generally more educated yes but i don't know if they're consumed with process we are special breakfast people here at pansu politics but not just when beth and i are on the road the truth is i want something warm from the oven every saturday morning and sunday morning it's just the truth that makes it feel special makes it feel exciting i don't want to work at it so the first time i ever saw wild grain which is bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. I was obsessed. You guys, I've been a member for over a year. It's amazing. It's so easy. Every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less. No thawing required. You can fully customize your wild grain box. You can choose any combination of breads, pastas, pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. And for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit to start your subscription. Sometimes I make one single croissant just for me because I want to feel special and they're so good. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. That's wildgrain.com slash pantsuit or you can use promo code pantsuit at checkout. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Can I get something off my chest? Every day I feel a little pang of sadness. Because I think about Griffin going away to college. Y'all, he's a freshman in high school. This is not healthy or normal. This is why I have it on my list of things to talk to my therapist about. We all carry around these things, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us. Therapy is a safe space to get these things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try entirely online designed to be convenient flexible and suited to your schedule just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge you gotta get it off your chest and you can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. visit betterhelp.com slash pantsuit today to get 10 percent off your first month 
That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash pansy. Looking for the perfect gift to celebrate the moms in your life? Aura frames are beautiful, Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames that allow you to share and display unlimited photos. It's super easy to upload and share photos via the Aura app. And if you're giving an Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. You guys, I love my Aura frames. I have one in my office. I have one in my kitchen. I have given one as a housewarming gift. I have given one as Mother's Day, Father's Day. They are the most amazing gifts because this app is a game changer, in my personal opinion, in digital frames. It makes it so, so easy to get the pictures on there and even videos. It plays like you're in Harry Potter, you guys. It is the best. I love mine so much. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code Pantsuit at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. I think that um, what's really interesting with regards to the idea of this like kind of executive order and backlash, I think that if I was a House Democrat in Kentucky, I would be actually a little, I wouldn't say excited about Matt Bevin, but less concerned about my chances because I think what will happen is you'll have a very strong argument as a Democrat like, you need me there keeping this guy in check. And I think that you, I think that's a strong, a strong kind of campaign premise. And I'd like, I, I don't, I mean, I'm, I want, I, I'm more concerned than ever that the house will flip. I don't want the house to flip, obviously, not only because I'm a Democrat, just because I don't really necessarily think it's ever a good idea for all three houses to be, and I'm, and I mean, house, Senate and the governorship to be one party. It's just, you know, it's a great, it's a good idea when there's a little bit of everything to to kind of keep what you were talking about in check. But, I mean, I feel like the House Democrats have a strong argument of, okay, we have Matt Bevin in here. Let's not let him have a blank check, so you better keep us there to watch it, basically. I think that will depend a lot on what his agenda really looks like now that he's going to have a chance to govern. Yeah. If you have watched him, he's he's really changed focuses a few times I think it it sounds to me like he could be more pro-business than he's been sort of portrayed toward the end of the race and that what we might see are right to work situations um, legislation on employment law I don't know it's just interesting I, I just wonder what he's actually going to do yeah. because as much as we've had this conversation about connect Doing that in an orderly way is complicated. Well, hasn't he said he's not going to, he's just not going to allow anybody else to sign up? I thought that's what I read. That's true he on the kind Medicaid of, expansion. Yeah, he kind of backed gonna, up off it, right? He did. And he's taken some pretty reasonable positions on things like that, too. I mean, he talked about cutting the size of the governor's staff, but not eliminating anyone who currently has a job, just doing a hiring freeze hmm. and letting natural attrition happen and not replace positions i mean that's a reasonable that's a reasonable approach yeah but i think connect is harder so i i believe his position on connect is that during the federal open enrollment he'll migrate people from kentucky's exchange to the federal exchange i'm no expert on this but i think it might be a little more complicated than that i think in i think without fail 
when he, they're talking about campaign promises versus governing, it is always more complicated than that. Yes. Without fail. And I think that, you know, listen, I like the movie Dave, too. I love the idea that somebody goes in and they're an outsider and they really just whip things into shape. But I think that is a dream and that is a movie and that is not often the case. I think what you see is people who understand how to work the system because they've been in it for a long time. And, I mean, I think that's what works better than anything. I mean, I think Steve Bashir's done a great job, and I think it's because he's been in government for a long time. And he works, he knows how to work it. I think you need a mix of people who know the system and people who are new to the system. But what I think we need to get to is maybe it's a good thing that things take a long time. Mm Mm-hmm. This goes back to the executive order thing for me. I I mean, I am so over the moon about the speech that Ben Sass of Nebraska made in the Senate this week saying, like, hello, we are supposed to be a body of debate. Yep. The legislature is supposed to have a role, and it's supposed to be a forum for discussion and argument and compromise. I mean, as much as I would like to say, yeah, go get them, Republicans, advance mm-hmm. your agenda, pedal to the metal, and by 2017, you know, dust off our hands, we're finished. Yeah. That's not that's not what no. it's supposed to be. That would never lead to a good result from either party. No. And, I mean, that's what, what I always say is, you know, we way back in the day— we set up this body of government because we had a king that was like, well, let's try this now. I say so. And we didn't like that. It didn't work out well. So we left and we set up a system that takes a long time where you get a lot of people in the room and you have to hammer it out. And I'm not saying that that I think people have to exacting a stand. Not only do they have unex- unrealistic expectations of the results that should come from our system, but they have too high expectations of the products of that system. You know what I'm saying? Like, it should take a long time, and it's not going to be perfect. It's going to be a step in the right direction. It'll be really interesting to see how Matt Bevan and his lieutenant governor, both of whom have military backgrounds, Mm. approach that negotiation and that sort of legislative dance. Well, and I just think that, going back to what I was just saying about when you said that about both him and her, and I mean, listen... I am a person that likes politics so much that I set up a podcast and I didn't even know anything about her. So this election didn't get a lot of people's attention. It was not something that, you know, everyone was just consumed with. So I'm not sure I'm not sure that that's surprising at all. But what I was going to say is what really bugs me when people talk about politicians, and I think I've made this point before, is, you know, I don't agree with Matt Bevin's values but I will give him the benefit of the doubt that he is a father of nine and a human being, and he believes he is doing the best he can. So I might not agree with the results, but this idea that he's this, you know, this conspiracy theory, that he's this monster sent out by God knows, just just destroy everything and send us back into the dark ages. Just everybody calm down. I, you know, I'm sure he'll do things I disagree with, but hopefully, like you said, he'll they'll surround themselves with you know, good advisors and I'm interested to see what she will do. And I'm happy that we have an African American in state office for the first time too. And an African American woman. Mm-hmm. I mean, hooray. And why didn't we talk about that more? I think that's and weird. It's funny. All my people on Facebook busting on Kentucky as this backward state didn't mention that once. 
No, I thought that was curious too. I mean, suddenly the people who get really excited about demographics in other situations mm-hmm. have nothing to say about Jane Hampton. Come on. Yeah. I get ex- the, I get excited about demographics and I was excited about her. So There is some appeal to I, I don't know how far this goes, but there is some appeal to the idea that he wanted to serve enough to to largely self-fund his runs. Mhm. Yeah, I don't know if that's a good thing or not. I, I want to believe it's a good thing. I want to believe that he... He's clearly a passionate individual. I mean, he clearly feels strongly, you know, in his beliefs and his values. I think the nine kids speaks to that. <laughs> you know, he's clearly a guy that goes passion. all in, right? <laughs> yes. So, I mean, I think that that's a... You know, that probably speaks to that as well. I... I feel like for everything I read about Matt Bevin that I think, hmm, I read something that makes me go, uh-oh. So we're just going to have to see. We are going to have to see. The, the coverage of him, he sounds horrific. Mm-hmm. But then when you listen to him talk. Yeah, when I'm, I'm not going to, I'm going to tell you the truth. When he was doing a speech, I'm like, hmm, well, I mean, he sounds he okay. He seems okay. He seems like a reasonable guy. I mean, he sounds, I don't know if he seems like a reasonable guy. He sounds like an intelligent human being. Intelligent and thoughtful, yeah. and and even though you get the sense that unchecked, he might he might go pretty extreme. Mm-hmm. He knows that he's not unchecked. Well, he he's not. If he doesn't know he's not unchecked, he's going to learn it really fast when he actually here's, has to govern. Here's a confession from me: the the moment for me when I thought, oh, I just don't know about Matt Bevan. Was the whole Kim Davis? Oh my thing. God! You just read my brain. See, this is why we have a podcast together. I was literally about to say, um, "Oh my gosh, he sounded like he, he a reasonable human being in that speech." And then I got on Facebook, and people had that picture everywhere with him and Kim Davis and her husband. And I started pounding my head on the table again. And this goes back to our point, I guess, about just stop with the religious pandering. Mm-hmm. But stop! When I saw, but that, I don't think I he's thought, pandering. What are you doing? I think that is very important to him. I mean, that well, whole thing about this is a new day, not just for Republicans in Kentucky, but for conservatives in Kentucky. Yeah, I didn't love that either. Mm-hmm. Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible, and skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin, and I have added ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted clinical studies, so we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several Ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic, and Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43, and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you, Ritual, for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off. a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable. Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra 
problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code podcast 15. There's not much worse than a dry energy scalp. Also, when you get your hair colored and then it does not last as long as you and your stylist discussed, it could be that unfiltered, mineral-filled water is the culprit. Hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin, and about 85% of the United States uses hard water, filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered shower head comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered shower head. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered shower head is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, our listeners can use code Pantsuit at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. I think that the situation with Kim Davis, even if you... I think Mike Huckabee genuinely believes what he has to say there. I do too. But genuine belief in religious conviction does not equal public display of that genuine belief or the, the, the notion that my genuine belief translates to what is the law mm-hmm. or actual reality. And that... But Just what you're missing there is that takes my breath away that these guys show up on television with this woman to say the people of limited government, right, are standing up saying, but if your Bible says, right. then I just don't understand. As a Republican, it so deeply offends me that we talk about limited government and then we have people playing eye of the tiger for someone who has broken the law in order to say who can get married. I mean, to oh my God, can I just tell you? The, yeah, absolutely, totally agree with you, especially the, I heard the most amazing guy on um, Barry, Reverend Barry Lynn on the Diane Reem show the other day. And I, I caught this section he said about her. He was like, because what I said, when you say genuine belief, what's missing there is they think it's a genuine persecuted belief. That persecution angle is what they, I don't know if they genuinely feel that way or if they exploit it. And I spe- I'm speaking of like the Matt Bevan, the Mike Huckabee. But this, the man's point on Diane Ream was you are not being persecuted. Persecution means you are sacrificing something for your beliefs. So if you're acting out of consciousness, or he was specifically talking about like being like make you know an a, an act of consciousness, like 
with Martin Luther King or you're getting arrested or you're, you know, moving to Canada to dodge the draft. He's like, you're sacrificing something. She doesn't want to sacrifice her $80,000 a year job so sh- for her beliefs. That would be making a statement. But she wants to keep the job <laughs> and just thwart the law. And he's like, that is not making a statement. That is not sacrificing something for your beliefs. Quit the job if you want to sacrifice something for your sincerely held religious beliefs, which I thought was a really good point. And I just think that exact. I couldn't agree with you more about the limited government. I saw somebody the other day that was arguing that um, women who get child support should have to turn in their you know, how they spend the money, turn in the receipts. And I was like, you are the, the same people who are like, get the government out of my life. I feel like are the ones that are like, drug test everyone, see what they're doing. I'm like, but what? But what? To, to your point about persecution, this is the party that is anti-victimization, mm. right? This is the party that says choices have consequences. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. This is America. Like, make your own decisions, make your own path. Why are we sitting around whining about this? Mm-hmm. It's done. Yeah. Let it go. Watch them frozen, y'all. Let it go. And and just on this point of limited government, I, I have to say, again, probably diving into something that a lot of people find boring, <laughs> I am really conflicted about Connect hmm. because I think the Mitt Romney model made more sense than the Obamacare model. I think as a Republican, again, that most things are done better on the smallest level they can be done. Mm -hmm. So I don't really have a problem with Massachusetts setting up this state exchange. I don't know that in a vacuum I have a problem with Kentucky setting up this exchange. I worry about the funding Mm because I worry about Kentucky's fiscal situation generally. Mm -hmm. But how can we as Republicans with a straight face, say, we think it's better for you to be on the federal exchange. That seems wholly inconsistent with our values, too. I think this is a hard one. Well, I think that, to my point about we just have to try. We just have to move forward, and the product will be imperfect. I was listening today about how so many people that have gone into the exchange have more health problems than we expected. They're just sicker. Um... I think that there was the assumption that there were a lot of healthy people out there that weren't without without insurance. And once we got them in the exchange, and we did, but there were also a lot of sick people out there without insurance that are yeah, not. Yeah, and exchange. I think that was so pie in the sky mm-hmm. to think that you were not going to get all sick people on the exchange. I mean, I feel like you could see that coming from a mile away. Well, and, this and was- Kentucky has a lot of poor sick people that have come into. I mean, that is particularly the Medicaid expansion. It's not like. We had all these healthy young people in Kentucky that suddenly joined the exchange. But I think that, you know, there's there's only a certain amount of analysis and guessing and data-driven predictions that you can do before you just have to start trying. And I'm not saying it's perfect, and I'm not saying that there aren't improvements to be, to be made at our state exchange level, at the federal level, at the Medicaid level. But at least we're moving forward. At least we're trying to see what works. And at least we are learning in reality what's happening and where the actual problem lies. I mean, I just feel like, isn't that isn't that something? Isn't that something as opposed to just sitting around going, man, it's really bad. Nothing's going to work, which is what I feel like we're doing with gun control, just so I well, can throw that in as a bomb at the end. <laughs> so, so we'll do gun control another day. But I think 
what, what I would say is I don't know that we are getting to what the real problem is because I think the real problem is the pricing of drugs, the pricing of yeah, medical services, of the, last, the lack of competition in the healthcare mm-hmm. market, the fact that as Americans, we don't have any tolerance for discomfort at all, and we think everything requires treatment. Um, there, there are a ton of things that we're not getting at. I think we're band-aiding this whole thing and pretending it's about health insurance when it's not. So in that regard, no, I don't think we are getting anywhere. But I do think we, we as Republicans need to step back and say, whoa, tigers, like, we are about states doing more than the federal government. Mm-hmm. How can I sit here and say it's better for my people to get their health care through the federal oh, system sure. than the state system? Right. I, I think that's a tough one. I also think Medicaid is a tough one for that same reason. I know John Oliver just did this pretty funny segment on how John Kasich basically accepted a truck dumping dollars into Ohio and is being called courageous for it. Yeah, I, I don't know. As a governor, I think there's a, there's a tough a tough conundrum in terms of what my values are and what I believe about uh, sustainability and getting people set up on government assistance versus my role as just advocate for my state. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. Well, and that's a, I think that's a good um, way to wrap it up. Matt Bevan, you got a hard job. Good luck good to luck you, son. Matt. Good luck, good luck to you, son. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> Uh, I sure hope so for all of our sakes. Um, and he said he's only going to be in one term either way, right? And look, even if he can't do it, we're going to be fine. Everybody, yes. This is the this is I think our our centered conclusion for this episode. Dear Kentucky, calm down. That's right. It's going to be okay. We love you. We will. Hey, pantsuit politics will be here to keep to get us through it. Don't worry. That's right. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us for another episode of Pantsy Politics. We'll be back on Wednesday with a new episode featuring News of the Day, um, our special segment on a current events issue, and, of course, The Heels, where we just share something fun that improves our lives. So please join us for the next episode. Thanks, Beth. Thank you. Can't wait to see you then. This is Pantsuit Politics. Our intro, interstitial, and outro music is Fourth and Starlight Road Instrumental by Minden and is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial 3.0 International License. Our producer is my amazing husband, Nicholas Holland, who has spent loads of time over the past week learning Audacity and helping us out. Thank you so much, Nicholas. We'll see you next week. <laughs>